Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week we dive into mama-proof business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today I'm your host Michelle Ponvert and I'm chatting with the wonderful Kate Duster who is like the wizard mice, mistress maestro of all things email marketing and just running a really cool fun business and collabs and just like all things awesome. I'm so excited to have you on. Kate, do you want to do a more official intro than my just raving of how cool you are? <laughs> well, just so you guys know, spoiler, I'm going to rave about how cool Michelle is too throughout this oh. interview. So <laughs> it's going it's to be a lot of fast, but that's what we need sometimes when we're casually listening to our podcast with our one earbud in because I'm also a mom. So that's how my life is run because it's stuff is boring sometimes. <laughs> So, hey everybody, I am Kate Doster of katedoster.com. I am host of the Do the Brave Thing online business podcast, and it is my soul and soul's mission to put money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it and prove that nice people do not have to finish last in business. And I like to focus a lot on sales mindset and email marketing because those are two things that can have the biggest effect on your business. There's a whole bunch of boring stats I don't need to get into that an email subscriber is more likely to buy from you, but if you just think of your people as people, right? Think about it. You're probably subscribed to a handful of newsletter lists, but like you can be following thousands of people on Instagram. So like if they're in your inbox, they're pretty special. And so that is why I like to help people so much with email marketing because it combines two things that people really tend to hate, which is writing mm -hmm. and sales. And we put them <laughs> both together. And honestly, email marketing can be like a mom's best friend, which I'm sure that we're going to talk about throughout this interview. So Oh, yes. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point. And I feel like I'm just going to start in the middle because it was so good. I can't let it pass up. The email is like writing and sales all in one. And I think that's where people get so tripped up. But I'm curious if you have any kind of thoughts around why we get so hung up on emails in particular. I think that it is a couple of things. One, it's definitely that external pressure because the second you decide to become an online entrepreneur, a blogger, a content creator, everyone, everyone and their mother and cousin is like, grow an email list. You need to have an email list. Your email list needs mm -hmm. to be huge, right? So like everyone puts all like this like sacred energy around this, like, ooh, like this email list, like, you know, there's doves talk, like just screaming in the background <laughs> about how great this is. So like, you don't want to break it or hurt mm -hmm. it, or you're putting so much time and effort to grow it that now you're like, oh my goodness, like. I don't want to annoy people or I don't want people to unsubscribe. So then all of a sudden you clam up, but like the size of your email list, well, like sometimes numbers matter. Like if you plan on making a hundred thousand dollars a month with a $7 ebook and you have 20 people on your list, like that math matters. Right. But like, really it is the relationship that you have with your email list that is really going to make all this money that everyone keeps telling you, like, you have to have, you have to have, you have to have. And so that's why we, we start getting clammed up. And I think mm. that it is because we've also all been on the wrong end of bad emails, especially yeah. when you are starting like your own business, you get on a lot of other business owners list and they market different than I feel like you should market to more like consumer facing. So say if your mom and Bob focuses more on budgeting or meal prep, like you can be more aggressive. It's called B2B business to business. You can be more aggressive there, right? But like, you don't want to be using like those same like countdown timers again for like your $12 meal plan and like sending like 15 launch emails because it, you know, it's $12. It's a little bit like, oh man, that's a little bit too high pressure-y. Mm -hmm. So I think it's from 
bad examples and bad experiences. And again, a lot of people don't want to be annoying and you feel like you're you're interrupting their day in the inbox. But really, y'all, like people are going to the inbox for a dopamine hit. Like they're going in there to be distracted. They're going in there to procrastinate. Like, right. It's like, you know, like in our case, like, oh, I should be writing the sales page. Let me just see. Let me just see what's going on over here. Or it's like, oh man, this soccer game is so boring or football, right? Wherever you are. It's like, oh, this is so boring. Uh, Let me me go in and and just see what's in the inbox. So Mm -hmm. you're not going to be annoying people in the inbox, right? And especially when you sort of take that, like, yeah, they would have signed up for my list if they didn't want to hear from me. Or they weren't like, you know, semi-interested in budgeting or home decor or dealing with a spirited toddler. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, oh, all right. So now all of a sudden it kind of relieves that pressure. Like, yeah, they wouldn't have signed up to hear from me if they didn't want to actually hear from me. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think the the stuff that trips you up is also the stuff that doesn't matter at all when you're on the receiving end of those emails. Like we all get emails every day, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and we like that. We want to be, you know, told what's available. We want to be educated on the services that we've signed up for to learn more about. And I think it just, yeah, it gets really jumbly in our brains when it's us having to turn around and do it. So I love that. Um, there's no like one email that's going to make or break your business. I mean, short of like accidentally, like sending an email telling everyone they sucked and saying a whole bunch of like expletives (laughs) at them, like one email is not going to break you. And I think that Mm -hmm. people, again, they're putting so much pressure on themselves because the outside, you know, online business world is putting so much pressure on them. Like, no, it's a skill. It's a muscle. The more you do it, the better you'll get. Don't worry. Yeah. I think that that's a really interesting perspective. I know you've been on like a workout health journey of your own and I think that's a really good parallel with like practicing the art and like skill of writing and emailing and marketing to your people selling to your people it's you have to practice you can't just miraculously be good at it one day Uh, (laughs) right (laughs) the example that I always use especially like around mindset but just even again the skill of being able to write an email you can't expect to do a sit up once in middle school or secondary <laughs> school and have a six pack forever. Well, that's I not technically how apps work, but like, so it's like, oh yeah, when you kind of think of it like that way, like I do need to. Yeah, I, uh, I am very into fitness. I have to say, particularly into powerlifting. I yeah. love ripping heavy stuff off the ground. It is my that's, favorite activity. That's cool. I feel like I should get into that because my toddler's getting heavy. And I feel like I need to. <laughs> Right. I was like, that's what all moms do when they turn 38 is decide to be in a powerlifting competition. Like obviously, <laughs> right? That's totally normal. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been really fun watching you. So behind the scenes, I've been in K-12 for a long time. And it's been really cool seeing you sharing more of that fitness journey because I do think there is so much of that mentality, that like perseverance that comes into anything, any new habit we're trying to build that's applicable across business. And it's just, yeah, like I think a really nice way into kind of talking around this sense of perseverance and working at what you're looking for and building those, like, you know, adding more weight, building up to those big goals. So I think it's really, yeah, a lovely parallel. (laughs) Why? Why? Thank you. I think that and I stopped sharing about it for a little while because I'm like, oh, like people really care. Like, it's not really coming up to this. So on my Instagram stories, and you guys should be already following Michelle. If not, I'm sure there'll be a link to follow her in the show notes. So you'll be able to find me that way too. 
Um, because Michelle's Instagram is great stuff. Y'all need to be over there. But like, I'll just share it on my Instagram story. Sometimes I'll end up posting it in the feed as like a background story because I'm like, I've got no other B-roll footage of myself <laughs> besides lifting weight. But like, for me as a mom, and this is why I want to talk about it, like, mm. I had no desire when I had started this to like get back to like my pre-baby body or like any mm. of that sort of stuff. And I didn't actually technically want to lose weight, like because for me, like losing weight was always like, oh, it's very like, cause I'm a non-positive feminist. Like it's very like patriarchal and like all this other stuff, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to hate myself into being skinny because that's what society <laughs> is telling me that I'm supposed to be. I'm mm. like, I'm going to love myself strong. So even yeah. though, yes, am I technically 84 pounds less than I used to weigh? Yes. Yes, I am. But I always focused on just getting strong. And then it was mm. like, okay, what can I do to make my performance easier? It's like, well, if I had maybe a little bit less weight on me or if my, they call them leverages, like a cool kid, if my leverages were a little <laughs> bit different, then maybe things would be easier. And so yeah. that's really kind of how my fitness thing, especially as a mom, because again, like those people that give you like all like those morning routines or like those 75 hearts. I'm like, dude, like you're not responsible for like two other independent mm-hmm. people, right? My kids are <laughs> nine and 10. Like, you don't know what's going on. You don't know who's going to have a nosebleed in the middle of the night or the science project that you need to whip up in five minutes before. Like, I don't have time for this huge, big ordeal, Mm -hmm. right? But if you can just be like, you know what? Like, I don't have to be all or nothing. I don't have to be like, okay, on Monday, I'm exercising seven days a week. No, five minutes. Five minutes once a week is better than no minutes, no weeks. They're really going to like ditch that all or nothing attitude. And it comes the same thing with your business too. Don't put all that pressure on that one email. It's not an all or nothing thing, everybody. It's not. It's okay. (laughs) And I think that's really fair. A lot of our listeners are mums, obviously, but people with like a lot going on. And I think it can be hard when you see, you know, those big name business owners who are spending 40, 60 plus hours a week in their business, really like dedicating so much concentrated time when we just don't have that available. And I think it can be a trap to beat yourself up about not being able to have more, I like to call it desk time. And it's like, just those Mm -hmm. are the constraints you have. How can you optimize like what you're doing in that time and that capacity? Exactly. Um, And that's why I love emails so much because when you do have desk time, right? Like it can have some of the biggest impact on your business. Again, yeah. email subscribers are more likely to buy from you, are more likely to share with you, are more likely even just like, you know, give you feedback to be able to sort of build that relationship and, and talk about you outside of the inbox. So I'm like, if I, the nooks and crannies of my day, if I've only got 20 minutes a week, because sometimes that's how week is, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to shoot off a really quick email. Even if yep. it's literally just like one sentence, one sentence, everyone, <laughs> this is all you need to send today, right? We're going to make it that easy. Technically, you could do it from your phone. How's everything going with, and then whatever your topic is, right? So like, mm-hmm. how's everything going with your email list? How's everything going with sales? How's everything going with your crocheting? How's everything going with your kids? That's it. Now, who do you potentially make yourself a lot more work by all the replies you're going to get back? Yes. But that is when <laughs> in the nooks and crannies problem. of your day, <laughs> yeah. right? You can use that cell phone, right? To be like, oh man, like my kids totally have that. Or like, you know, cut and paste the messages in your notes app. Um, another one that I like to use because even though I help with writing, I'm more of a talker. Mm. I'll use Loom, L-O-O-M. Mm. So this is more of when you have desk time, right? You yes. can just reply back with a Loom video. And then people are so thrilled that it's actually you. Yeah. So you don't need to be like, but now like I can't reply to everyone. Like they get it. 
<laughs> I think that's a great I want to like asterisk that because I'm dyslexic and sitting down to write is is like pulling teeth and I think the moment I realized I could talk things rather than write things the world changed so if you're also not a writer like you don't have to sit down and type things out if that's not how your brain works how you can exactly. function like exactly and there are so <laughs> Yeah, there's so many tools that you can use for that. I mean, I talk really fast, as you guys can tell, especially when I get excited about stuff. And I'm very excited about helping you all make money. So I will talk fast. But even if you're in Google Docs, you can go to Google Docs, um, go to tools, and then voice to text, and you can talk out there. Again, sometimes I have a hard time with your curl tape, but I get too excited, right? You can record a um, an audio file on your phone mm-hmm. and then send it off to different services to get it transcribed. Like, um, we have Happy Scribe. It is like a paid service, but I'm sure there's a lot of other ones, especially now um, with AI, all the place. You can probably spend a, spend a little bit of your non-desk time Google searching that so that way you can have those transcriptions. And the best part about emails, they're not supposed to sound like blogs. Yeah. Emails are supposed to be casual. It's supposed to be a, literally a conversation with a friend. And it's like, talking I can do. <laughs> do not ask me to write a report on Of Mice and Men. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I can talk. And again, it doesn't have to be a million characters long. It can yeah. be a handful of paragraphs. So it's like, okay, I can talk to the most important people. I can talk about it. I don't have to feel so pressured that this one email is going to ruin my business. And I get to have fun. Cause like, <laughs> I like to think of my subscribers as being like, almost as excited as making money online as I am or like little like geeky things like that right mm-hmm. and it's like who wouldn't want to talk to somebody else who's excited about knitting right because yeah. like you know there's a lot of people in life like if you're listening to this show right obviously reach out to Michelle but like people like just don't get us like mm-hmm. in general <laughs> and then like you stack like being a mom right and being a business owner and wanting self-improvement and not wanting to be <laughs> mediocre like your pool of people who get it is very slim, right? So it's like, I like to think of my people, like they're hardcore into this, right? Your people are hardcore into knitting. Who doesn't want to talk with another knitting fan, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. As a knitting fan myself, we love hearing about that stuff. (laughs) Exactly. So that's why when we're kind of going into that mindset of, I'm just chatting with another friend who is totes into this, like all of a sudden that pressure's off, right? Because your yeah. friend's not going to be like, no, Bridgington is stupid. No, because like, you know, you and your friend both like Bridgington, right? So yeah. it's going to be fine. I think that's awesome, especially when, you know, a lot of people I've talked to have kind of their real life, their family life, and then their online life where their business runs and the two do not overlap. And it can be really hard to have like real conversations with people in your quote unquote, like real life about all the stuff that's going on in your business, all the stuff you're learning, all the stuff you're wanting to try and implement. And I think like using that list of people you've curated who are also interested in the same stuff to explore and like vent and share all these things that your real life people don't get I think is a really nice like <laughs> way to build connection, way to like have that conversation for yourself too. So like it can be a little bit selfish as well. <laughs> I, no, I love that. And I love exactly what you said about that trying stuff out. You don't have to be like the grand all no expert, right? Because again, people buy from people, people relate to people, people are more likely to buy from their friends, right? Mm-hmm. So like if they realize, like say, even if you do talk about time management, like your day got away from you or you talk about budgeting, but you ended up blowing it last month, <laughs> like talk about those things, mm-hmm. right? 
And you would be surprised. Like you would think like, oh no, no one's going to think I have credibility. No, because you're going to ask them like, what advice did you have? Or like, here's what I'm doing to get back on track. You know, if you're going through something, you know, really big and messy, right. You might want to wait until you're emotionally removed from it a little bit before you talk about it, but like be able to like, y'all, I've given you a lot of cookie recipes, but this week, this is like the worst thing I have ever made. (laughs) Right. All of a sudden they're going to be like, my goodness, like Michelle's a real life person. (laughs) Like now I feel so much closer to her and I can relate to her some more. And that's all that we're really looking for is just people to relate to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Humans, we just want connection. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I love it. I feel like as you talk, I hear so much of your excitement and your like enthusiasm. And I think that's just a big part of your brand, but I'm curious if that's something that you've like lent into with time or if this is just like day one of your business, you came out with all this fire. It has just always been. It yeah, has just, this is just always Kate. been. Uh, again, <laughs> just, just me. Like, I mean, I know that some people, you know, do put on a different persona, but I'm like, that just sounds exhausting. It just <laughs> sounds exhausting. And again, giant shocker everyone was not a very cool kid in school I know like you're thinking to yourself god she must have been like prom queen no like I never fit in anyway so like I was always just going to be an outcast I'm like I'm still just going to be an outcast right and the people that get it get it and the people that don't don't that's why our tagline is welcome to the um online marketing band geek table of the internet it's like my people get that yep. so like, oh. Uh, I spoke at a live event and they're like, you're literally the same way you are online. I literally am. Cause like, and why? That's awesome. Why I might <laughs> swear a little less, um, you know, especially cause I know in this show, right? Like kids ears can be around as a mom. I'm yeah. cognizant of that. <laughs> so like in real life, I might swear a little bit more, but like other than that, no, like, like this is just me. And that's what makes actually finding your writer's voice because you talked yeah. about also having dyslexia. Same here, y'all. Um, if I can have a million dollar business teaching people how to write with dyslexia, you all are fine. Um, so do, do not stress. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Now I can like, I'm just having this conversation. I'm just going mm-hmm. with it. Like, it's great. And I started my business because of having my kids. Would you like to hear <gasps> that, that story? Yes, that is a common thread. And I would love to hear how it turned out for you. <laughs> Okay, y'all. So I was in the financial industry and I just started working at a bank, at a new bank, right? I found out about a month after getting hired that I was pregnant with my first daughter. Now I'm here in the United States and they're not really into pregnant people too much. Um, (laughs) Let's just be honest, especially back in 2012. So I got pregnant and I kept on asking them like, what was the leave? Cause the state that I'm in here, um, they have like temporary disability. So like the state's pretty good, right? So it was literally, my daughter was due the first week of March and it was the second week of February. And I finally got a hold of some from HR. They called me in and they're on the phone and they're like, oh, um, we don't have to hold your position because you <gasps> haven't been here for a year. We're not. If you don't come back within three days, you're fired. They did not right. even tell my branch manager, who was awesome, an awesome feminist. And so, like, I come out of the back room, right? And I'm just like crying. And my name is Sally. She's like, what's wrong, what's wrong? I'm like, I just got fired for having a kid. Now, yeah. y'all, <laughs> your mom, she get it. I did not have a great birth story. I don't want to like trigger warn anyone here, but I will let you know. A little touch and go on the table. We ended up with an emergency C section. I couldn't, I could barely walk three days after. And obviously I wasn't going back to that company. Well, 
So even like, if it was a perfect birth, <laughs> right? Like so, here I am. Like it's my first baby. Uh, I am with my husband. We ended up getting married afterwards. God, make sure it was a good dad first, right? Mm-hmm. So like here we are, and it was just like. So now you've got this baby, you've got no job. So we ended up on welfare, on food stamps, mm-hmm. on state oh. health insurance. I mean, honestly, if I could sign up for anything, because I always had that tenacity, like I signed up for all of it, right? <laughs> then I got yeah. pregnant with my second child and she was not planned. So they ended up they ended up being 17 months apart. So like oh, wow. now at this point, there's I've got two babies. And again, Childcare is ridiculously expensive here. So I sat down and did the math. And even if I had gotten a part-time job, we would literally lose money because my husband was a shift worker. He did his best that he could, but like he just wasn't gonna happen. So it was, I think my youngest was around two. And I gotten an inheritance. It wasn't that large, but it was a little bit from my grandfather who had passed. And he was my best friend in the world. So it was like It's one of those things, like anytime you kind of deal with that money, you're like, oh, but I want the person, not the money. So I'm like, I cannot screw this up. So I went and I got a MacBook because you can talk to a MacBook and it'll talk back to you because it'll read back. Because again, I don't have money for a proofreader. Still have some typos (laughs) though, it happens. And I turned that $2,000 inheritance into this million dollar business. It did not take like a cool three months like most people talk about. But it's like, if I can start this business on food stamps, from a $2,000 inheritance, like if you've got the tenacity and we're willing to stick with it, because again, mm-hmm. it took a couple of years for things to go. I started off like most people as a blogger. I found out that copywriting with a W was a thing. So not like <laughs> lawyer stuff, but like writing words that make people hit buttons on the internet. I found mm-hmm. out that was a thing. And with copywriting, it is very conversational and it's very like human psychology. And I love all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just dove in head first. And then we were just off to the races, you know, were there some bumps along the road when I went from just services, which were high priced because copywriters can charge a lot um, yeah. to courses and products while my conversion rates were super high. This is where math came to bite <laughs> me in the butt. I did not focus enough on growing a big enough audience to support mm-hmm. the ridiculously high conversion rates we had. So it's a little rough right there um, for a while, but then we're like, oh yeah, I have the audience piece, do things like bundles that we're talking about mm-hmm. collaborate. Then all of a sudden we were, we were off to the races. So yeah, I always say that I Hamilton to myself because he wrote himself out of poverty. I'm like, I, I Hamilton, I Hamilton us out of there. And my husband, to his credit, just kind of let me go with it. He was never like, oh. never talked down, never like, oh, you're like playing on the computer. Even when, again, the money wasn't necessarily rolling in, he was very, very supportive. And now we call it the primary parent. So now he's a stay-at-home dad. He has been since probably 2018 so like he's living the life when people ask him like oh like what do you do I'm like he has the hardest job in the world he's got he's got to wrangle me and the kids <laughs> it is the hardest job but that's awesome <laughs> like, it is. I, like being a primary parent is not whew, I'm like I literally made a whole corporation so I didn't have to necessarily do it so again I love my babies with my whole heart and soul mm-hmm. but like just I was not I was not cut out to be a stay-at-home mom <laughs> I made us be minimalist because I hated cleaning so much. I'm like, if I have less crap in the house, I don't have to clean. I won't have to clean as much. It's genius. That is a life hack of this entire episode. <laughs> but like, I and again, it. I was always like jealous. I'm like, oh man, why can't I be like all those cool moms that are like decorating for the holidays, like baking? I'm like, it just, it just what it just wasn't me. It just yeah. was not me. Yep. Yeah. No, I can relate so much. I I want to like. Mm-hmm 
tiptoe back because you you kind of touch on something we get asked a lot and that is that transition between the services and the courses and products mm-hmm. and stuff how did it go how long did it take how <laughs> would you tell someone who's in that service space like what's your advice to move forward because we get a lot of people in that space okay I understand when you get just like burnt out on services. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about services, that's what I tell everyone, when you're really in a pinch, you can just charge more money. So you're going to be able to make more with a smaller audience. So I'm all for that. But I know that you get to that point where like, I hate this. So (laughs) before you get to the point where like, I hate this. Now I have like, you know, 12 little bosses before when I only just had one at corporate. And and now I've got however many kids I got to deal with too. Um, Mm -hmm. And a spouse, like- (laughs) Before you can get to that space, if you can think ahead, you really do want to start showing yourself as an expert in potentially, if you still like the topic that you're service providing with, like I liked copywriting in particular, I really found that I loved email marketing and launches. Mm -hmm. So that's what I decided to turn my non-service-based business into was that, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say, make sure that even though I know client work and hitting those deadlines need to become number one, make sure that you're still growing an email list. Make sure that you're still getting yourself out there on podcasts, right? Because you're going to be able to sort of have that larger audience size. So that way it can work for you as well. And so again, I know they're like, oh, but like, if I have like, you know, done for you stuff, some people aren't going to hire me for my services. Chances are, if somebody is happy with a done for you thing, they're never going to want a service. Like you have to realize that those are two different people in two different spots in life. Like right now, I most likely just be like, Michelle, just do stuff for me. Like I don't want to do it. Right. But (laughs) she could have all these other sort of smaller digital products that other people are either going to love and then be like, oh my goodness, like now I want to give you more money and like work with you sort of one-on-one. So definitely spend some time growing your audience, um, depending on if you're, clients and again what you're doing because it could be so different you could do proofreading you could do all this other sort of stuff um Mm -hmm. but if your clients happen to be in like the same industry obviously you're not going to want to compete with them but again see these things right like say if you're a va for somebody right a virtual assistant and they you know help moms right if they've got a podcast, ask them if you can go on their podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. worst they can say is no, right? <laughs> again, it's about sort of building those connections. And again, being like forthright with people so that they just kind of know what's happening. So make sure that you are also spending some time growing your own business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, have a runway and don't be too proud to have to take clients again, if you have mm-hmm. to. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, I had some secret clients or like I'll, I kept a couple <laughs> of secret copywriting clients when I was transitioning just to that, Mm. to courses, because again, it is more of a volume game because, you know, depending on your market, you may or may not be able to charge as much as you would before, but it's a little rough. Uh, It was a little rough uh, (laughs) for a couple of months, but then we sort of got our footing um, Mm. in particular, because I went from, you know, copywriting to teaching email marketing and stuff. I got on the sort of summit speaking circuit Mm -hmm. Um, that worked out really well for me. I hosted a bunch of free bundles myself. Um, so that way I can make connections with other people in the online space. And so mm-hmm. I always, from day one, I will give me my credit. I always did focus on growing my email list. I'm just now like literally, I don't know, five years in my business, uh, focusing on one social media channel, which is Instagram. Um, but it's like, right. I know it's like, but again, as a mom, right. What is going to essentially get my family the most money? Not seems so yeah. bad, but like, that's the truth, right. Or what's going to connect me with people who are just as excited as I am. It yeah. was an email list. So again, it was guest posting, it was going on podcast, it was doing 
all that sort of stuff. And this is nothing like against people that want to do ads and stuff like more power too. You can do it. No. I probably should have back in the day, but whatever. <laughs> I, I had a chip on my shoulder. I'm like, I have proof that I can do this without ads. Now I'm just like, it's just another way to get in front of people. So like, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Do so. Focus yeah. on also making yourself an expert besides the people that you're helping. Yeah. I think those are really good pieces of advice. And I think there's like the collaborative piece that I want to come back to but just to like be quickly before we get distracted because I'll lose track. But I think there's something really helpful in there that it's, you know, building that list, building your kind of visibility before you're ready to sell something and before you're trying to, you know, launch your big whiz bang like shop or your courses or all that yes. other stuff. And I think that's advice I got early on. I think that was very solid advice. I didn't understand until afterwards. <laughs> so I Same think piece. that's... Yeah, <laughs> I think that is really, really important. Okay, let's talk collabs and all good mm-hmm. things like summits, bundles, podcasts. What do you feel like the essence of kind of being a good participant in something like this? Like, how do you show up and get the most out of the opportunity of being in a summit, being in a bundle, being on someone's podcast? It's very meta. <laughs> so I, I love that. So when you're not the one hosting it, when you're the one that is showing up places, Mm -hmm. I think that it's important, especially when you are sort of first starting out, whether it's a summit, a bundle, or even a podcast is to really almost treat it like it's your own thing Mm -hmm. because you are then going to stand out to the summit host, to the person that is hosting the bundle, to the podcast host. And guess what? If say they are in an opportunity where they're like, Hey, like, do you know anybody that talks about like time management for mom? Because you were the time management person who was promoting the bundle really hard, who was in the summit, in the summer groups really hard, who promoted on Instagram, you were on the podcast. You're going to be the first person that comes to mind. So yeah. everyone's like, how does word of mouth marketing happen? That's the way that it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's by making sure, again, if you're doing something like, you know, a summit, or even a podcast like this, like making sure that you've got like a nice presentation that you're going out with um, mm-hmm. and that you're excited. Again, um, for summits, sometimes they'll be like Facebook groups, maybe pump in there every once in a while. So that way people sort of know who you are. Um, I'll say that one of the summits, it was my friend Eden Summit. Um, I love we had Eden. Met, is um, Eden free? Sort of friend or friend? It is. She's yeah. the coolest. She's so, um, cool. so it's the Rebel Boss Summit. So we had met because we were both friends. Again, this is all connection. We're both friends with her friends, Emily, because her friend Emily had reached out to me to collaborate. And so then she connected me with Eden. And there was another speaker at the summit who had, a, at the time, much larger audience than I did. And she watched my presentation. She brought my tripwire. She bought every product I had. And she was like, I've never, ever done that with anybody else. Wow. Um, and so then she became one of my biggest affiliates. So that's, again, another way that you can end up growing your audience if you do have paid products, offer your customers an affiliate program. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to offer it to be the, the world, you can. I'm pretty strict. I'm like, how are you going to promote something if you don't really know if it's cool or not? Right. <laughs> like, so that's just me, but like other people, it's fine. Right. So, in my opinion, it was like, okay, I can pay for ads. It's fine. I guess Zucks can have more money. Or I can pay out people who already was like, raise their hand and like, I'm going to take a chance on you, Kate. Oh, this is great. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can build out affiliate programs. So again, it's just sort of treating those, again, those summits, those bundles, those things that aren't yours 
like yours, especially in the Mm -hmm. beginning when you're small. And that is what's going to get you noticed. And that's, what's going to get you on more people's radars and more people are going to ask. And then obviously you're not going to be able to go as ham, um, for some of them later on down the road, but it's, it can be a really great thing. And I know that it can be hard sometimes to mm-hmm. be like, but Kate, like I'm not in business to business. Like how, how do I find these summits? Just literally Google, right. <laughs> and then see yeah. who's hosting it. And then you can either email them or you can start following them on social media, those sorts of things. So that way, again, you can sort of, you know, build connections, that sort of a thing. Um, if it's one that happens to be like, oh, like you just kind of notice it sort of happens like every May, then Mm -hmm. in January, reach out to them and be like, Hey, it's like, I know that you're probably looking for speakers for this and this, if you want this topic covered again, give them some ideas of what you're going to talk about. And they're like, Oh, I'd love to speak. Be like, if you need this topic covered, here's a couple of different ways that I can help you out. I would absolutely love to promote this. I've loved going to the summit and being, you know, you know, an attendee, that sort of Mm. thing. Yeah. I think that's a really good piece of advice because Ultimately, like on the other side of that, someone who's hosting is dealing with, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of people. And I think being able to help them shortcut decisions, help them like see that you're a really good fit with a good pitch that's, you know, thoughtful and having like, yeah, a very attentive approach to being part of that event is going to make you stand out just by nature of you caring more than most of the people who are just like filling in a form and not really thinking about it so much. So I think that's really awesome. Exactly. And the same thing can be like, if you decide to go on podcasts, because you think that Mm -hmm. that's where your listeners are going to be. Like, I know both of us, we probably get inundated like every single day with podcast requests. Right. And you know, my, my right-hand lady, Abby, if she ever left, I'd be more sad than if my husband left. Let's let's be real, everyone. Um, She's like, she can just, you can just tell when somebody actually wrote something from the Mm -hmm. heart and was just like, your next guest. And then it just talks about how awesome the guest is, as opposed to like, you know, hey, Michelle, so I was listening to this episode. I know for a while you haven't really talked about this topic. So like, I can come in if you think you're interested, your audience is about this, here's this, this, and this. Um, If you want to hear me speak on other people's podcasts, because I know your audience is sacred. Um, now that I think you have the time to listen to these, but you could like, here they are. (laughs) Right. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was a really nice pitch. It didn't take Mm -hmm. you too long to write. Again, listen to either a handful of episodes. If you don't have time, just kind of go back and look like what are the most five or six recently published things again, and see how you can like make reference to those. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's about showing, showing that you care. (laughs) We all take it seriously and, you know, we're all building businesses that we put a lot of effort into. So I think acknowledging that, taking that seriously is really, is really key. Mm -hmm. So on the other side, when we're thinking about hosting something to grow our list, what would you recommend for mums with not that much time, maybe not that much capacity, but still really eager to put some kind of collaborative thing together to grow our lists? I'm very partial. Let me just tell you this right (laughs) off the bat, Um, because I do have a course on this, but it's just the methods (laughs) that I use. So I like this the best. So I personally vote for a free or a paid bundle. And so they're a little bit different. If your email list is like very small, or again, you're that service provider who's Mm -hmm. really looking to be able to sort of grow the audience before you make your leaps in a couple months, again, give yourself that runway. I think the free bundle is the way to go. Why is free bundle the way to go? Because you are going to get so many more email subscribers. Like we had one of my students go from 400 people to 4,000 people in a week. 
Nice. And like, <laughs> we've had it right. And she was in the business to business space, but like, I've had people that were, um, basically it was like teachers paying teachers kind of mm-hmm. like bloggers, right? Like they all did that. They got together literally the first day that the host ran that bundle, her email, like she had to start switching over to a paid plan because nice. she had gotten over a thousand people. Like she was just baffled. And yeah. one of the key things you learn in marketing and copywriting is what do you need to sell the world's best hamburger? It's not meat or location. It's people that are hungry, right? <laughs> yeah. So you need people to buy from. And what's great about a free bundle as opposed to a summit. Again, I've run summits before. I love speaking in other people's summits, but like you got to like either interview people, you've got to edit the videos, you've got to get transcriptions done, or you've got to do them. Like it is a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. For a free or paid bundle, you set up this cool Airtable form or use the one in my course, right? They submit all of their information. You need to build a registration page and either a claim page or like you would, if it's a paid one, you would put it like in your course platform. So that way like mm-hmm. people who didn't pay can't get to it. It is a lot less work. Granted, you're going to have back and forth in the inbox. So if you hate going yep. back and forth, you <laughs> might not be the biggest fan of that, but it is one of those things that I find is just a lot easier to run. And even like with a free bundle, I think everyone thinks, oh, like it needs to be massive. A paid bundle, probably. We've run some experiments. We did one that was uh, slightly on the smaller side. It was about 40 gifts. And I do think that if we had gone to a traditional 80, we probably could have gotten better results. But I wanted Mm. to test out that theory because with a free bundle, you don't want people to be overwhelmed because they have a very limited time to download things. So for that, 20 is good. But honestly, like if you have like four other blogger friends, you can just make that an event because now all of a sudden you're not just talking about you, but you and your three friends are. And like, you would be so impressed. Like, even if you get an extra hundred people, it's like, maybe you get a hundred people in a month or you can get it in like three days. So it can work really, really well because again, everybody is just pointing traffic and talking about this thing. So with a free bundle, it's usually either like, we call it like, tripwire slash paid product level or better. So mm-hmm. traditionally it wouldn't be a freebie that you always have on hand. You want it to be something a little bit more special than that. Um, yeah. I always tell people to like rip apart some of their paid products or they could use it to get beta testers for um, a paid product that they are going to be launching, mm. but obviously you want it done. So like that can work really well. And then it's like, people like love it. And you would think that subscribers that are coming to just a free event to get lots of free stuff, you would think that they would just like leave and never buy. They buy a crap ton. And they stick <laughs> around just as long, if not longer than people who get your normal freebies. Nice. So I vote free bundle all the time. <laughs> if you either like have the runway or like, you're, you know, you've got some audience growth strategies and you're like, you know what? I really, I would like to try to go for money though. You can make money with a free bundle. You can make it lots of different ways. Then you can go with a paid bundle. Realize it's not going to grow your audience as much and you're mm-hmm. going to have more people management parts because yeah. with that, you do need it big. What's great about a free bundle, like I said, it can be like 10 people. As long as everyone's talking about something different in a free bundle, you're good to go. It's only 10 people to manage, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can handle that. For a paid one, it's going to be a little bit more, right? Because you're going to want to have, we call them contributors. You're going to want to have more contributors, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a lot like back and forth. Your link doesn't work. That doesn't work. Why aren't you promoting this? What's going on? So again, I love paid bundles. You can make you know $25,000 easily with those sorts of things, or you can decide to sort of grow your email list buy a couple of thousand people and make a, like an extra $5,000 by selling, you know, trip wires or sponsorships or having a big launch afterwards, or 
even like affiliate stuff. We make a lot of affiliate commission on other products that we promote of other mm. people's during our free bundles because people are just so excited that you got them so much great stuff. <laughs> it's like, hey, if you were thinking of getting Thrivecart, like here's my link. You don't have to use it. We'll use it all the time. Yeah. So, and that, that's yeah. what we talk about in my big course collaboration cash in. But again, I like it because it's just a little bit of inbox management and it's an Airtable form. And again, I don't have to worry about transcriptions because <laughs> it just takes forever. And like, again, some of it's going to be great, but like you got to build out like 20 speakers, landing pages. And mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Free bundle. At most, technically you could do two whole pages. It would be the registration <laughs> page and the claim page. You don't even have a thank you page in there. And like, you know, you're welcome email. Yeah. I love that. I'm not, yeah, <laughs> make, make it easy think, for yourself. Exactly, and I think starting with something more bite-sized, something more doable. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. a yeah, there's a point to not starting to climb Mount Everest before we've ever walked. Like you want to start something reasonable and small and mm-hmm. manageable because you'll learn so much along the way. And I think exactly. you can't know what you'll need to know to run something big and whiz bangy if you've never done any of the small stuff first. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, you've got to do all those little things at the beginning, right? Like you got to get the name and the logo and, and all that sort of stuff. But now you're going to have all those assets for next mm-hmm. time. Right. Um, yeah. there's something called swipe files where you're like, write Like little promotional materials that your other people can use. You can just like slightly alter them as opposed to start yeah. from scratch that next time around. Right. So I'm a big fan of free <laughs> bundles at the beginning paid. If you're a little bit more established, then I say definitely go for it. Um, cause who doesn't like a cool cash injection, but if you need some people's go with free. Okay. I love it. I feel like we could keep talking for another hour or so, but <laughs> I'm going to have you tell us how everyone can keep learning from you. And I know you have a really cool free thing for us. So please go ahead and tell us where people can keep hanging out with you. Sure. So after wherever you're listening to this podcast, after you go ahead and leave it a rating and review and talk about how <laughs> cool Michelle is, um, you. you can just search for do the brave thing podcast and you can hang out with me there. Um, I like to say semi, semi-weekly, um, <laughs> we get out there. We're, we're going to get better over the summer. We're going to get better over the summer. It happens. Um, so that's do the brave thing online business podcast. Um, if you are like, Hey, I would love to know more about like what to actually send my email list, because that's my biggest thing. Then definitely mm-hmm. head on over to katedoster.com forward slash newsletters. It can be with an S or without an S. We'll do both. And that has two years worth of strategically planned email ideas. So you don't have to worry about what to send your list till, you know, 2025, which is pretty awesome stuff. So, and I'm not just like, you know, spitting a whole bunch of ideas at you. I literally broke it down like month by month, week by week. Granted, if you're like week three's topic is stupid, you can go to back to week two. It's fine. <laughs> but, and you're like, Hey, I'm listening to this in December. It's okay because the rest of the months come back and now you're set for 2016, like 2026. So it works out <laughs> quite well. Um, and again, if you're not already following Michelle on Instagram, definitely follow her and you'll be able to find me there as well. It is Kate underscore Doster. I share a lot of my powerlifting stuff on my stories in particular. So if you Check it out. just want to see <laughs> some mom just like being like, oh, like today I was lifting uh, 250 pounds. So 113 kilos uh, for sets of six. Um, which is pretty impressive because I'm currently doing a weight cut, right? So last year I couldn't even lift that much. So I was very impressed with myself today. (laughs) You can do that as well. And on my feed is where you'll see a lot more of like the nitty gritty, like how to, what I'm doing behind the scenes in my business sort of stuff to help you out. 
Ah, oh, awesome. This has been such a delight. And I am so excited for everyone to go and see more and learn more about email and collaborations and definitely about all those free bundles that I think we should be hosting. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mumpreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or telling a business friend about the show. We will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. And until then, take care. Bye.